Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hour two here. Toby Altizer with you up until 3.30. Talking about the NBA here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Also on the Odyssey app, you want to follow me or tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. You want to give us a call? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Again, 800-636-1067. Now, we're going to get into free agency here in just a second, but looking at our call screener, there's a guy I got to get to right away. And it says on here, I'll, I'll let you elaborate here in just a second, Michael, but it says you think I am dumb. Is that the case, Mike? No. no, I said, do you have a genie in your bottle? Why is that? How are you going to accept? you you contradicting yourself. Okay, first of all, when they drafted uh, the kid from Arizona or Gonzaga a couple years ago. We talking Kispert or Rui? Rui. Okay. No, uh, the one the one they traded to L.A. for yeah. nobody. Rui Hachimura. Okay, you talking about talent. He has talent. And you guys let him go. My second question, you drafted an 18-year-old. Who's going to train the kid? You, you drafted Johnny Davis. He went to the G League. He showed some promise. But who's training him? Sure. I mean, there's, there's definitely questions, Michael. I'm not saying that. But when you draft some of these guys, think of the college. You mentioned Rui Hachimura. We kind of knew what Rui Hachimura was. Yeah, there's some untapped potential. No, you didn't. Hold no, on, you hold didn't. On, hold on, hold no, on. No, you didn't. Hold on, Michael. You understand when you draft a college kid, you've seen him, right? You kind of understand that there's potential there, no doubt. Obviously, you understand. But Rui Hachimura wasn't John Morant in college. He wasn't Zion Williamson in college. So you weren't expecting him to come in here and be a franchise-altering player, were you? Like, I understand that he might have had more potential than the Wizards got out of him. I get that. But I don't think he was ever going to be a number one type player to lead this franchise. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like when you take a shot with a Koulibaly like they did this year, they're hoping that he reaches the stars. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he flames out. But they're hoping he does. When you draft a guy like a Rui Hachimura, a Denny Avdia, which I like I said, I think he's a little bit different. But a Corey Kispert, a Johnny Davis, they might have good ceilings, but they're not the ceiling of a guy like a Koulibaly who has long arms, who has been playing overseas professionally, so has played against those guys and has a ceiling that could be as high as just anyone in the NBA. Like, that's the sort of thing that they're going for as opposed to a college guy who maybe could be a really good player but probably is just going to be a role player at best. Do you you know how you sound, man? 
you sound like you don't know how to play basketball because you're not making sense. Do you not get what I'm trying to? Do you not get how I'm laying this out here, Michael? Like what I'm trying to say. I don't think. I think you need to look in the mirror and listen to yourself because you're not making sense. You, now you're saying they need to they need to not draft kids in no, college because no, no, they no, don't no, have no, the no, potential. No. Not what I'm saying because, That's like what, I mentioned, John Morant, Zion Williamson were both college kids. All right, but you could see that their potentials were much higher than a guy like a Rui Hachimura. I'm not saying don't draft a guy that went to college. I'm not saying spend all of your draft picks on guys that are coming from overseas. What I'm saying is it's clear when a guy has a potential to be a top 10 player in the NBA. That wasn't Rui Hachimura. Nothing against Rui. How do you How do you know that, man? You see he's shining he's Rui. going to I, I saw him at Gonzaga. Yeah, but Nobody thought that he could do what he did in the playoffs, right? Okay, but did, was he chance. was he the best player for and, the Lakers and, in the playoffs? Like, I, I get your point. He don't have, he don't he doesn't have to be the best. He can be the role. He can play his role. That's my point. Nobody from the organization on the Wizards will train these guys to their potential of being a role player. It takes five to eleven players to make a, a team. Sure, I get that. And you and you guys keep talking about Bradley Bill was this, Bradley Bill was that. Bradley Bill, if you check it out, he hasn't played a full season with the Wizards. Are you trying to say positive yet, or be- negative? Because I've heard plenty of negative about Bill. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I'm not blaming him for taking the money. The organization offer you the money, you're gonna take it. But you need to have people to play with the guy. Sure, I agree. That's my point. I agree. You draft all these, you draft these kids, man, and they 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 play, and then you never hear from them again. Yeah. And then you throw shame on them about, oh, we we I knew he couldn't reach the ceiling. How do you know that? Who's training these guys for the Wizards? Michael, appreciate the phone call, man. I get his points. I do, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier when I said that. Yes, they had Beal at the time, so maybe their point was let's draft guys that can develop into role players around him. Rui, Kispert. Like, let's be honest here. Have you watched college basketball? Rui Hachimura was never going to be an NBA superstar. Could he be a really good player for you? Sure. Could he maybe get to an all-star level? Sure. Was he an all-NBA player? I don't think so. It's the same thing with a lot of these guys that they've drafted. Again, I mentioned Avdia. I think that he's one that maybe I'm incorrect on. He could probably be thrown in the category with a Koulibaly, a guy that was drafted from overseas, that had professional experience, that maybe had a higher ceiling than what these other guys have. I get where Michael was coming from. I know you're probably thinking, why'd you even let that guy talk? I don't mind a little argument on the radio. I don't mind a little back and forth. But I, I think where the Wizards are at, and the whole point I brought up with Koulibaly is they're drafting guys with high ceilings at this point and hoping that they can turn into a superstar. Because if you continually draft in the first round and you're continually drafting in the 8 to 10 to 15 range and you're just drafting guys that are going to be solid role players, well, at some point you have to get a difference maker on the basketball team, whether that's trading two, three, four guys, whether that's trading picks, whether that's drafting a guy. And when you look around at the NBA right now, there's not a single team that's doing well that is just built through all role players. And where the Wizards are at right now, with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, 
those guys are not NBA superstars. They're going to be fun to watch. And to be honest with you, Poole might be someone that can average 25, 28 a game this year. I get that. But they're not superstars. And the Wizards don't have one. So what's the best way for them to go about it? Is it the trade picks right now? Probably not. They're in a rebuild. Their best way of doing it is drafting guys and hoping they pan out. Do you think the Bucks were expecting Giannis Antetokounmpo to turn into a superstar right away when they drafted him? No. But did they give him time? And did they see the potential when they drafted him? Yep. And look where they got rewarded. Same thing with Jokic. Those kind of guys come out every now and then. The Wizards, I think, are trying to do something like that with Koulibaly, and I think that's going to be their strategy, like we talked about with Josh Robbins. The idea that you have to draft guys that are a little more proven just isn't the way the NBA goes anymore. If that were the case, then Drew Timmy would have been drafted in the first round. Adama Sonogo, Trace Jackson Davis, and where'd all those guys go? Timmy didn't get drafted, Sonogo didn't get drafted, Trace Jackson Davis barely got drafted. That's just the way that the NBA works now. And I understand that those guys look good in college. I'm not saying you cannot draft guys in college like Michael was saying. I'm not saying you can't draft guys out of college. But I'm saying you can see the clear difference. You can see it. And you just got to hope that they can reach that potential. And to Michael's point, I think the best point he made, who's developing these guys for the Wizards? You might draft a guy like Koulibaly. But if you just send him down to the G League and have the Wizards development staff work with him and he's not getting the right training, then it's a waste of a draft pick. He's dead on on that. Because guess what? I could draft a guy out of college that played two or three years there that's a little more proven and can develop into the role player. But if you draft the guy with the high ceiling, he probably comes with the low floor. And if you don't develop him the correct way, then you could end up Wasting the number seven overall pick. That's what it could be. But I like the idea that they're taking chances. I really do. I think that that's the correct way to go about the modern NBA is to take shots. Take shots at getting a superstar. Take shots at getting a guy that could really turn into it. You know, as opposed to a guy that you understand his ceiling is kind of capped. Take a chance on a kid that's growing, long arms, good on the defensive end and could develop into a really good player, can score at the rim with both hands. I'll take my chances with that guy over a guy that might be a nice 3 and D guy, but never is a super max type of player. All right, that's kind of where I'm at. All right, sorry we got on that little tangent there, but you threw something in there on the call screener, said I think I'm dumb, <laughs> so let's have a discussion. All right, we're going to get into some of the rest of the NBA free agency. I want to talk about that next. What are some of my thoughts on the various deals that went down in NBA free agency as it opened yesterday? Also, we can talk a little bit more about the Damian Lillard trade situation as he's requested a trade today. What are your thoughts on that? Give us a call, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. More NBA talk comes up next. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, live and free anywhere on the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you for another two hours and change. Talking about NBA free agency yesterday, you had free agency open up and there were a flurry of moves. The Wizards, big one, obviously, Kyle Kuzma coming back to the Wiz. 
but plenty of other moves going on around the NBA to help me with it. Producing the show today, John. So, what was the first big name that signed yesterday? We're going to talk about here. Kyrie Irving re-signed with the Mavericks for three years, $126 million. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so the first thing that I think is, I don't think that fits, right? Like, obviously, they made the trade last year for him. You gave up so much. You have to re-sign him, I think. But I don't like the fit. I don't like him and Luka together. When I think of how Luka plays the game, he's very similar to James Harden in a lot of ways. Maybe a little more likable than James Harden. I know a lot of people are not fans of James Harden, but very similar. Lots of the ball in their hands and a lot of shooters around them and kind of let them create. And I don't know how that fits with Kyrie Irving. Now, I think that he can give you some of that as well. He can be a shooter. But I like Kyrie with the ball in his hands as well. And maybe it's something that they can alternate time on the floor and he can be working with various units and being the primarily ball handler in those sort of situations. But I don't love the fit. Do you like that fit? I don't I don't feel like I love it. No, I don't think it's a good fit either. You have I mean your front court is pretty awful at um defense also. Um and I just, you know, they don't I think Dorian Finney-Smith and uh Spencer Dinwiddie, which aren't as talented as Kyrie, were probably better fits for that team because it's just kind of like too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. I, I don't think it works. I, I think what they're trying to hope for is honestly maybe moving Kyrie at the deadline. Yeah, I thought I just I, think it's going to I just don't think it's going to work. I thought Luka was okay with the subpar yeah. pieces around him. They were the 5th seed or tied for the 4th seed and then they fell to the 11th seed when Kyrie joined. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Allen Falls Church has some thoughts on Kyrie Irving. Al, what's going on, man? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Oh, okay, thank you. Um yeah, um when Kyrie joined um, <clears throat> Luca last year uh, for 16 games, they went five, uh, five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So I was wondering, do you, um, I th- do you think Mark Cuban was bidding against himself because I think he could have gotten um, Kyrie for like forty million dollars. I don't think he should have been signed to three years guarantee. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, Al. Appreciate it. I actually think three for 126, I know it sounds ridiculous what I'm about to say, but I think that's decently cheap. I think he could have gotten a little bit more from somewhere else possibly if you were looking to go somewhere and just make as much money as possible. But I think at this point in Kyrie's career, he probably wants to be playing meaningful basketball games at this point. I mean, he, he played meaningful games in Cleveland and then since then hasn't necessarily spent the most time playing meaningful basketball. You know, he's played in important series that were kind of pivotal in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Think of in Boston a little bit. Think of with the Nets when the Bucks won. So I, I think he's played in some of those things, but I think he wants to compete in a championship again, and so maybe this is his clearest path as working with Luka. And the other thing, too, is... When you draft or when you bring a guy in midseason like that, it's kind of hard to mesh. You know, you, you don't have all the play calls, you don't have all the sets. Not to say that they're running the most sets in the NBA, but I mean, you, you're kind of learning everything on the fly. Now they'll have a full off season to work together, him and Luca. They'll have a full off season to plan for what Kyrie Irving's role is going to be with the Dallas Mavericks. 
So it'll probably be better than last season. They're not going to be a team that's finishing 11th in the Western Conference again. They're probably going to make the playoffs next year just because of the fact that Luka's so good. But I, I think that this fit just doesn't work. And that's something that I think it's slept on so much with moves around the NBA is there needs to be a fit. Guys have to work together. This isn't a video game. This isn't something where in NBA 2K, you want to just put the two and three best players all on the same team together and you can figure it out. That's not how it works in real NBA. That's not how real basketball works. There needs to be a fit, and I just don't think that those two play styles fit together because Kyrie is also a ball-dominant player, and when you have multiple people like that, and this is why... (laughs) I was arguing with Linnell on Twitter about Kyrie possibly going to Phoenix, and he was like, oh, it'd be over. I don't I don't know that it would have. It's one of those things where you have to have guys that work together, and that's part of the reason that it took Miami a little bit of time when LeBron went there. They had to figure out exactly how it all fit together, and then they figured it out the second year and won it all. That first year, it wasn't clear who the leader was. It wasn't clear who should be the ball handler. It wasn't clear on all their roles. And they struggled because of it in the NBA Finals, and the Mavericks won. And then the next year, they figured it out, and they won it all. That's what they're going to have to have happen in Dallas is, I think it's still Luka's team. Kyrie Irving's going to have to understand that he's the number two there. If they can buy into specific roles there and work together, I don't see a reason it couldn't be a successful partnership. But I just struggle seeing that being the case and seeing them fitting together perfectly. And then, like you brought up, John, like the the other role players that were with the Mavericks, you might not know a name like a Dorian Finney-Smith all that well. Obviously, we know Spencer Dinwiddie from here, but you might not know those names super well. But there were important players, and they were good players for the Mavericks. And I think you saw with this Nuggets run that sometimes you get guys that fit perfectly in a specific role, and they play way better than what they're probably name value and actual talent suggests. And I think that's what they had in Dallas for a little while, but they've kind of let that go a little bit. And they're going to depend on these two superstars, so they're going to really need it to pick up. want to get into some more of these, and we'll get into some of the other big signings next here. What are your thoughts? Any names stick out to you? Anything really bother you about the NBA with these moves? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. More of NBA Free Agency Talk comes up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Free Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3.30. Talking about NBA free agency. We went through Kyrie Irving. Also want to get into some of the other big deals. You want to hop in, 800-636-1067, or you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. Let's get to the next one, John. Who we got? Draymond Green re-signed with the Warriors for four years, $100 million. See, this one I think is really interesting. So Bob Myers, the general manager of the Warriors, stepped down or parted ways with the Warriors this offseason. And part of the reason that I think he did that was I think he looked at this roster and said, we should probably start over, or we should probably tear some of this down. And he didn't want to do it. And now they're bringing back Draymond Green. And I think if you had to give me the option, if I were the Warriors, it's tough, I get it, but if you gave me the option between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and keeping one of those, I know Jordan Poole didn't look good in the playoffs, and maybe he just needed a, a, a fresh scenery, a new start. But I would have kept Jordan Poole. Am I crazy in that? Like, I, I get that Draymond has the playoff pedigree. I get that he has the championship pedigree. But he just looks old and washed up to me. Like, there used to be a point in Draymond's career when the triple single joke, like, I, I get all that, but he still had a very big impact on the game. Not to say that he's not an impactful player still, but I just don't see him as a championship player anymore. And the Warriors are a weird case study, man, because it seemed like the dynasty was done. Then two years ago, they win the championship. And it's just weird. Like, they're all of a sudden done again. It just seems to me that I would not have re-signed him. You know, you look at the what the Patriots did for all those years, and they would let a guy go a year too early as opposed to a year too late. Because... Now you're paying Draymond 25 a year for four years. Is he going to be good for four more years? And maybe the Warriors are just trying to look at this and say, let's make one last run at it. Because I don't know that Klay Thompson is the same player anymore coming off of those injuries. They found a way to win a championship, which is awesome. But I, I didn't think last year you saw the same sort of Klay Thompson. I think he can still be a good player, but I don't think he's the championship player he once was. And it's a shame because I say all this around the supporting cast, Steph Curry's still that dude. Steph Curry is still incredible. But if I were, if it were me with Draymond, I, I probably would move on. I probably would have moved on. Who's the next guy we got here? Gabe Vincent signed with the uh, 
the Raptors for sorry, the Rockets for three years, hundred thirty million. Man, Gabe Vincent. Oh, are you going Vincent or Fred Van Vliet here? My bad. Sorry, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, that's a different one. You know, we were talking about this before the show. Forty plus million for a guy like Fred Van Vliet. I don't know. You have to spend some money if you're the Rockets, so I guess you could spend it on a guy like Van Vliet who at least has championship experience. And I think this is smart in this sense. Maybe not the player aspect of it, but you needed an adult in the room, right? You got a lot of young guys out there in Houston, and they kind of seem like a forgettable franchise at times. They need an adult there, a guy that has some experience to kind of get these guys on the on the right track because they've got talent. There's no doubt that Jalen Green's a talented player. Jabari Smith is a talented player, but you needed someone to lead them, and I think Fred Van Vliet can do that, and I think it'll be a, a cool story for Van Vliet too, to get the cash and worked his way from being nothing to being a, a, a guy that's getting $40 million a year. I think that he can be a nice player for them, but again, I mean, you're spending $40 million on a guy He's going to help them win basketball games, but this team is not improved all that much by Fred Van Vliet. Like, he's going to be a really good basketball player for them, but what do they go from? One of the worst teams in the league to jumping up a few spots in the power rankings because they add Fred Van Vliet? I mean, good for Fred Van Vliet. Uh, doesn't move the needle for me. What do you think about Chris Middleton re-signing with the Bucks? Three years, $102 million. I thought it was interesting hearing from Josh Robbins when I asked him about the Miami Heat adding Damian Lillard because it sounds like that's a real possibility. If they'd be the favorites in the Eastern Conference, and he said, no, still the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that's dead on. I think that this Milwaukee Bucks team has shown that when they can be healthy and when they can be at full strength, they're the best team probably in the NBA. Over the last couple of years, that's been the case. Last year, they had the best record in the NBA and then fell to the Miami Heat in round one. Some of that injuries, some of that not great play, but I think Chris Middleton all of last season was really playing at less than 100%. Came back from the injury later in the year and just wasn't necessarily the same guy. I thought that maybe they would make a real run for Bradley Beal and to replace a guy like Middleton. Just... From reports you'd heard, I thought that they might consider it, but that obviously wasn't the case. And then maybe they would consider someone else, but I think this was the most logical option for them to bring back Chris Middleton. And I think, you know, I got to work out there for a couple of years and cover that basketball team. When Chris Middleton's going well, he can be a really efficient, really good number two. If he gets back to that, I don't see a reason the Bucks can't be contending for a title again. So I like the move. What about Bruce Brown signing with the Indiana Pacers for two years, $45 million. I think that this is a really slept-on deal. I don't know that it has anything to do with the Pacers, though. I think this is something that the Denver Nuggets are really going to miss him. Think at times during that NBA Finals this past season, just a couple of weeks ago, they were running sets for Bruce Brown in crunch time. They were running stuff for Bruce Brown, and obviously he's a very good defender, and this is a guy that's been a solid player throughout his career, but seemed to be unlocked when he was in Denver. A guy that went from being a solid player to a really good player. And is he going to have that same role in Indiana? I'm not sure. I think that having him in Halliburton in the in the backcourt is going to be nice. I think he's a, a solid player. But if they don't put him in a similar role that what he had in Denver, I think you could see him going back to that player he was with the Nets where... Decent role player, but nothing more than that. 
I, I think that this is a big loss, though, for the Denver Nuggets. And how funny. We would have played the clip, but there's a little bit of swearing from Michael Malone. At the championship parade, he said, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Brucey e. B's not going anywhere. And I tweeted out the, the video of Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Bruce Brown knew he might be on the way out. So, stinks for the Nuggets. I think that one's a bigger bigger notation for the Nuggets than it is for the Pacers, though. Yeah, I completely agree. A lot of people are saying that Christian Brown can take that Bruce Brown role. That's fine, but then who's going to take Christian Brown's role? Because yep. they had a tight eight-man rotation. Now it's down to only seven. And Christian Brown maybe can give you what Bruce Brown did on offense, but he's not nearly the defender that Bruce Brown is. 100%. I think that that's well said. Christian Brown, I think, stepping into a bigger role is nice, but losing a guy off a championship basketball team that was that impactful, it's never going to be something that you can just write off. No. What do you think about Jeremy Grant, five years, $160 million, returning back to the Blazers? Five years, $160 million for Jeremy Grant to me is just ludicrous. The contracts you get in the NBA, just, it's so wild to me, seeing the numbers that some of these guys get that are, for the most part, and I mean this respectfully, I really do, but they're forgettable basketball players. Like, Jeremy Grant's a good player, but how many times when you're thinking about the NBA have you thought about Jeremy Grant in the last year? Once? Twice? How many of you have watched Jeremy Grant play basketball in the last NBA season? Probably none of you. Like, honestly, when you play the Trailblazers, when the Wizards play the Blazers, sure, you notice Jeremy Grant. And they talk about him, sure, nice. When was the last time you heard on ESPN or TNT them talk about Jeremy Grant? Seriously, have you heard anyone? And yet this guy's getting $32 million a year. 32 Man, it must be a nice time to be in the NBA making these kinds of contracts. Must be nice. Last one here. Gabe Vincent signs with the Lakers for three years, $33 million. My Lakers. <laughs> My Lakers. <laughs> well, first of all, you're the Lakers fan. Do you like the move? I love the move. Uh, we saw what Gabe Vincent did in the playoff run. He was huge for the Heat. Um, I think the Lakers are probably not going to bring back D'Lo now. And he was good for them in the regular season after the uh, you know trade deadline. But he sucked in the playoffs, especially in the Denver series. He was unplayable. I think this is a huge move. I think Vincent, when he saw what Strews signed for, I think uh, Vincent took a little bit of a team-friendly deal. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy the Lakers didn't get Kyrie. Um, they also signed Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. They just got Jackson Hayes. Kept Rui. Yeah, they kept Rui. I think they're going to get Reeves back too, and they can have one. Uh, they have spot for another, you know, decent-sized player. Um, I, I think they're really close. I mean, LeBron played on a torn tendon. And I know they got swept, but every game came down to the wire. Yeah. So they're really close. You know, the Nuggets have lost pieces, and the Lakers are only adding. And then you get LeBron coming back healthy. You know, Reeves, Rui, those guys are going to take steps. Jared Vanderbilt, you know, go to that P.J. Mm -hmm. Tucker camp and just work on those corner threes. I'm really excited for the Lakers. I think, I think they're the no-doubt second favorites right now in the West. I think Nuggets obviously won, but Lakers too. I like the move as well because we talked about fit earlier. And D'Angelo Russell's a nice player, but let's be honest. LeBron James is going to have the ball in his hands. Same thing with Anthony Davis. Those guys need to have the ball in their hands. And when you think about a guy like Gabe Vincent, when was he at his best with the Miami Heat? It was when other guys had the ball and they'd kick it to him. He could make a move as a cutter. He could make a move as a three-point shooter. 
occasionally make some plays with the ball in his hands, but primarily working off the ball. And I think that's going to be the case in L.A. I think that it's a solid move for the Lakers. Again, I think the bigger move, though, or, or the bigger impact might be on the team that he's leaving. This is a team that was in the NBA Finals, and it's cool stories for all these undrafted guys that I feel like we had to hear about every single time that the Miami Heat stepped on the floor in the postseason this past year. Undrafted guys, undrafted guys. But it is a cool story. You got guys like Struess. You got guys like Gabe Vincent. But they're gone now. And so they better hope they can get a guy like a Damian Lillard to make up for that because they've lost some valuable pieces out there in Miami. And you saw, after a while, Jimmy Butler ran out of gas. You can only do it for so long. So I, I think that overall, good move for the Lakers. And I, like you said, I think they could be very good once again next year. It depends upon LeBron coming back healthy. I think LeBron, who knows if it was just the health concerns or what, but I think he looked a little bit old in the playoffs. Maybe it was just the fact that he's a little banged up. But, I mean, I think they're going to be good, and we'll see if they can compete in the Western Conference again. All right, we're going to take a break from the NBA. I want to get into some NFL talk. We've gone... Almost two hours now without talking about the Commanders. What's that, a record probably on this station? <laughs> We're gonna, not anymore. I want to talk about this Jason Wright thing. also want to get into Jahan Dotson. He was on a podcast, the Second Win podcast, this, this past week and talked about possibly a breakout season, having a chip on his shoulder. We'll talk about that coming up at 2 o'clock. But next, I want to talk about Jason Wright. Washington Post has a report that Jason Wright's expected to be retained after the sale. Do you like that? Do you dislike that? Give us a call, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Jason Wright, staying in D.C. Give us your thoughts next. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan. Team 980. Odyssey app, Toby Altizer with you up until 3.30 today. Taking you up until Nationals baseball. Game two between the Nats and the Phils. Get the win last night, 2-1. to one. Good pitching from the Nationals. Hopefully they can continue that gore on the mound tonight. Josiah Gray pitched a really good game. I really like the fact, too, that last night in the jam, sixth inning, got guys on base in scoring position, two outs, Important batter coming to the plate, and Bryson Stott didn't go to the bullpen, didn't go to the lefty. Davey Martinez sent Jim Hickey out, give Gray a little bit of a break, and said, figure it out yourself, man. You're on your own. I love that. Let the guy learn. Let the guy get out of it himself. So many times, especially in a season like this, maybe in a season that really mattered, that was you know, trying to win the playoffs, get in the playoffs, Maybe you go to the pen, but the pen's terrible for the Nationals right now. In a season like this, I thought that was a perfect move. Let Josiah Gray learn. If he gives up the run, he gives up the run. But get put him in a situation where he can learn and grow. So I really liked that. But I want to get into some Commander's football. Next hour, I want to get into Jahan Dotson. But right now, Washington Post put out a story yesterday talking about Jason Wright. And I know there's mixed feelings in the area about Jason Wright. I know some people are big fans. Some people think he's done a really good job. Some people not so much. The thing with Jason Wright is, I think overall, when you look about look into the situation he came into, him and Ron Rivera, I think you have to applaud them in the fact that they are now running a respectable organization. You couldn't necessarily say that when the guys came in. But you can say it now. 
they're running a respectable organization. You don't have the harassment claims. You don't. Now that being said, they did have the DEA raid their facility, but outside of that, which <laughs> kind of a big thing to say outside of that, but I don't know how much control over that those guys had. But they've run a fairly respectable organization, and so this idea that Jason Wright is getting retained doesn't shock me at all. And also, I think the timing would have been bad to try and move on from Jason Wright. I think that with the sale probably coming in, what, 19 days? July 20th, 19 days? With the sale coming at that point, training camp's right around the corner. You can't really move on from the team president at that point. And I think it's a good thing for both sides, honestly. You get a a feeling out period, an audition period, essentially, for Jason Wright. He's going to understand that he needs to be on his A game or he's not sticking around. So he's going to try to do his best job. And the Josh Harris group, they get to look at Jason Wright and see firsthand whether they like the job he's doing or not. They don't have to look over the last couple of years and try to familiarize themselves with what he's done. They get to firsthand see what exactly he's doing this season as well as going off of his track record. And I think that overall he's done a, a decent job with the team. I think that this team has done a good job. Whether you like it or not, they have two guys that are respectable and Jason Wright and Ron Rivera. And sometimes it gets a little frustrating. It's good for us media guys that they're always talking. Not necessarily always good for the, the football team and good for <laughs> probably just the content that gets out there that they're always talking. But you see Jason Wright interviews all the time. You see Ron Rivera interviews all the time. And I think that is important for this organization where they're at, that they've been forgettable for so long, especially on the field. But off the field, so much bad stuff goes on that they need to get back out there in a positive light. And so I think that Jason Wright has done a good job for that, with that for the most part. Same thing with Ron Rivera. And so I'm not surprised by this, but I do get the idea that everything that Snyder touched, everything that Snyder had any hand in, anything that was here under the Snyder regime needs to be moved on from. Whether that's coaching, whether that's business people, front office people, whatever, move on from the entire thing. And I understand that philosophy. I really do. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know Josh Harris and the group comes in here. Basically, everyone that has a job within the organization that isn't a player, is on a one-year experiment trial run. Because that's kind of what it is. July 20th is too late to make football changes. It's too late to make those kinds of changes in like a ticket office or something like that, more than likely. So they're going to let it ride. And I think you get to kind of see firsthand. It's almost going to be a thing where Josh Harris, I wouldn't say his hands off the first year, but he can kind of just watch the product. You know, sometimes you have these coaches and various things and, they like to just see things. You know, I've coached various, you know, little powder puff teams or various whatever the case may be. You, when you're first assimilating to a team, sometimes your best option is just walking in and saying, hey, go out there and play, and I'll just observe. And you can kind of see people's strengths and weaknesses, their skill sets. That's kind of what I think Josh Harris has the opportunity to do his first season is step in and just watch. Not to say that he's not going to be involved, but he's just looking, evaluating. How is Jason Wright doing as the team president? Do I like the job that he's doing? Do I think he can be effective when I start working with him next season, if that were to be the case? Do I think that everything is in order 
with the way that Jason Wright has done things? Do I think that he can continue to improve this organization? Same thing with the coaching staff and Ron Rivera. I get to watch. Do I think that this is the guy to lead this football team going forward? Now, personally, I think that Ron Rivera, I think this is probably his final year. I think that you've got to move on from Rivera at this point unless something crazy happens. I really do. Like, Unless they're winning 10, 11 games and getting into the playoffs and maybe winning a playoff game, I think that Ron's probably probably done after this year. That's kind of where I'm at with Ron. But with Jason Wright, I think I could see both sides. I wouldn't be shocked if he sticks around with the new group because of his familiarity with the rebrand, with his familiarity now with the football team and everything that he's done. He's got experience as a football player. He's spent time in the NFL. He's spent time with this organization. He's well-respected. I wouldn't have an issue with it. But I could also see the other side where Josh Harris could come into the the the, the meeting rooms and, you know what, let's just get a full clean slate here. Let's just move on entirely. And, you know, some of these reports that Jason Wright wants to be involved in the football side of things, who knows if that's really true or not. Maybe you just want to get rid of all of that headache and bring in a business guy solely as a business guy and not worried about the football operations. I'm interested to see what changes Josh Harris decides to make. I really am. I think that he could really make a wholesale change right away next season. I just don't see it happening right away in terms of this year. I could see him making big changes the following year in coaching, front office, in terms of the team president. I could see him deciding to do all that after he gets kind of a full year to assimilate to the team, get to know these guys' strengths and weaknesses. But again, I don't necessarily have an issue with what Jason Wright has done here. I think he's done a decent job. I know a lot of people aren't fans of his, but I think a lot of people do enjoy the things that he's done. I think he's done a good job, him and Ron Rivera, of kind of turning the name, not just like the commander's name, but the Washington franchise. He's taken their name out of the muck and mire and made them a respectable organization again. And I don't think that can go unheralded. I think that needs to be recognized. I think that he's done a fantastic job in doing that. Is he something that's long-term helping this franchise? Who knows? I think that we'll get to see this year with like the Harris group, whether they like him or not. But, I mean, this, this report that the Washington Post put out, that he's expected to be retained after the sale, doesn't really surprise me a whole lot. So if you have thoughts about it, feel free to give us a call, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener line. It's going to take a quick break. want to get into Jahan Dotson. He was on the Second Win podcast and was talking about maybe being a breakout season and having a chip on his shoulder. We'll play that clip for you next. It's 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and live and free on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.